just as simple as just getting it out instead of just holding it back and pretending you've got your shit together when you don't. <laughs> so I think that's that's probably one of the biggest things for me is just like talking, talking to my coach and saying like, even though maybe it's right or wrong, I'm like the week of the competition, I was like, I feel like I need, need to do more. And he was like, okay, sure. Chatting to my coach, I literally talked to him like every single day for 10 days leading into semifinals. And I think that just made a difference. Welcome to the Barbend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to multi-time CrossFit Games athlete Emma McQuaid who just qualified for the 2022 CrossFit Games. The Irish athlete has a lengthy background in sports, but she didn't find CrossFit until she was 24 years old. Now in her 30s, McQuaid talks about her background in quad bike racing, that's ATV racing in American slang, and how it both helped and hurt her career in elite fitness competition. Before we get to that, I want to give a quick shout out to today's episode sponsor, Coulter Dillon. Do you struggle finding a t-shirt that fits just as well as that one t-shirt you loved until it wore out? Do you wish a standard medium was a little bit longer, or maybe a large wasn't so baggy for you? Then you've got to check out Coulter Dillon. They personalize the fit for you, and they have tons of color options. You can even personalize the artwork on the shirt. Custom cut and sewn to your specifications. They deliver that perfect t-shirt fit every time. Check out Coulter Dillon today. Now let's get on with the show. Emma, thanks so much for joining me today. This is the first time you've been on the podcast, so it's fantastic to have you. You're fresh off of qualification for yet another CrossFit Games. How has the season gone relative to your expectations kind of coming into the season? Yeah, just everything. Like, training's been going good, like, healthy, no injuries, no niggles, and no major setbacks. So, yeah, I just think we're just right on target to, to obviously peak properly for the Games this year. Well, you've been improving on your games placements pretty steadily over the last few years. What, if you have a spot in mind this year, like, do you have a goal with your coach going in? Yeah, like our goal is to place top 10 of the games. Like, uh, I really just want to just keep improving every year. I really think we've made like huge progress uh, from last year, um, even just like confidence alone. Um, just with obviously Waterpalooza and then strength and depth there at the weekend. Um, I'm a big like confidence athlete, so um, I just think confidence alone is a lot higher than it was last year leading into the game. So as long as we can keep just ticking away with training, I think without getting any fitter or any stronger, you know, I, I believe I'm a better athlete just with confidence alone. Well, let's talk about that, the mental aspect. What are some tips or tricks that you use to, you know, make sure that when you're heading into competition, uh, regardless of how fit you are, that you're you're dialed in mentally? I think like, the biggest thing for me is actually talking. I would be quite bad for just holding everything in. And in years past, then it's just got all too much for me. And we've came around to the competition and I've just underperformed because of like stress so much like emotion that's just kind of basically weighing me down um but now like 
I'll talk to my partner. I'll say to David, I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely shitting myself here. I'm like so worried. Or just as simple as just getting it out um, instead of just holding it back and pretending you've got your shit together when you don't. <laughs> so I think that's that's probably one of the biggest things for me is just like talking, talking to my coach and saying like, even though maybe it's right or wrong, I'm like the week of the competition, I was like, I feel like I need, need to do more. And he was like, okay, sure. And like, you know, because sometimes like you just get, whenever you're deluding, I feel like I'm not doing enough. So yeah, it's just like chatting to my coach. I literally talk to him like every single day for 10 days leading into semifinals. And I think that just made a difference where I think it was like Friday, the week before, I was like, I feel way too fresh. And he was like, okay. It was like, you'll not feel fresh tomorrow, <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah. And yes, we things like for me, like the Sunday before semi finals, I had like a girls' day. We went paddleboard and we went for breakfast and just kind of getting out of the gym, getting away from like the normal routine. Just wee things like that, I think, will make a big difference. Yeah. And they really add up. And I think experience is going to, is going to play into that, right? Because you're not going to get at your level, you're not going to get 50% fitter one year to the next. It's just impossible, right? But, those mental edges, I think, are, are really important. Is there any athlete in competitive CrossFit whose mental game you look at and you're like, wow, they're really dialed in? Well, I think like everyone, everyone seems so dialed in, don't they? Like, so it's really hard to, it's really hard to know. I just really try and like, just focus on like myself and what works for me. Like I know obviously like, cause I train with her full time, like most of the time, like Sam Briggs, like she's, so good upstairs and all these it's ridiculous obviously that's that's pretty cool to be around and to experience it firsthand what she dealt with this year leading in the semi-finals and stuff like I was there every step of the way I seen it you know like two weeks out we didn't even know if she was going to be on the competition floor but she just handles it so well like you don't even know that she's hurting because she doesn't show that much emotion so like that's just that's just awesome and um, that that mindset and she's just like an out and out right born competitor so that's that's been like my role model and it's took a few years for me to kind of like get that mentality but it's definitely all paying off and helping me develop as an athlete too one thing I love to remind folks about Sam Briggs is that she is a career firefighter and there's probably no one having met Sam once or twice there's no one I would want more to pull me out of a burning building <laughs> yeah big time i would fully trust her like if i'm in a vulnerable position and i need someone to just carry me out like <laughs> she's probably top of my list i can't think of anyone i'd prefer yeah and she'll get there quick as well <laughs> <laughs> even if she has to row a marathon right before that to get to you you'll get there <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your training post-qualification between now and the games. We're recording this in you know mid-June. We're about a month and a half out from the games. What does training look like for you? Are there any particular weaknesses? I say weaknesses being relative, because obviously if you had huge weaknesses, you wouldn't be going to the CrossFit games yet again. But are there any particular things you're, you're really tackling and trying to kind of turn on the engines for heading into the final part of the season? I just think like we'll just keep leveling up like CrossFit strength, all that kind of thing. Um, we'll just reintroduce like the pegboard, the pig flips, sled pushes, heavy, fast, kind of like those things that you know not really coming up with semifinals. 
just kind of like refine all those aspects. And then for me, like I need to get back into the lake swimming. So like swimming for me is definitely not a weakness this year because I've got a swim coach. I've joined a swim club. I've done everything in my power to become a better swimmer. So for me, it's just the fear of open water. Obviously living in Ireland, you can't really swim uh, all year round. So like the water's still sitting at about eight or nine degrees. So it's, it's flipping cold. So obviously I've got like a new wetsuit. I've got a thermal swim cap. I've got gloves and I've got boots. So I'm going to get into the water regardless of the weather now, um, at least twice a week for the next five weeks before I leave to go over to Briggs. And then while I'm in Cincinnati, I'll get into the open water two, three times a week in a wee bit warmer uh, climate, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Sli- slightly, slightly warmer there. I grew up close to the Ohio river where you'll be. So that, that, Makes a lot of sense. Although I don't know if I have the, bra- I don't, I don't think I'm brave enough to tackle uh, open water swimming around there. So kudos to you. Let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about your athletic background because you found CrossFit a little bit later in life than a lot of elite competitors today. And when I look at the field today, I see a lot of like teenagers, a lot of 17 year olds qualifying for the CrossFit Games. It makes me feel kind of, uh, kind of ancient. So. If you don't mind, uh, tell us a little bit about when you found CrossFit, kind of how old you were, if you don't mind, when you found it and what it's like competing as an athlete, you know, against folks who are against some of these, you know, teenagers, these up and comers who might've been doing CrossFit since they were in grade school. So I found CrossFit when I was 24. So what was that? 2014. And then basically just started from there. Did my first open, couldn't do double unders, couldn't do pull-ups, couldn't do anything. I remember the last workout that year was deadlift box jumps and I placed like 34th in the world. Hmm. Turns out when there's no skills, I'm actually pretty decent. Um, so then obviously we were like, right, let's learn skills. Let's see where we're at. And then 2015, I think I jumped to like 34th or 35th in the world and made it to regionals for the first year in Europe. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's been a progression ever since then kind of thing. But yeah, definitely like getting competing against like the younger generation now, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Like they don't have past sports. Their sport is CrossFit. That's that's really cool. What was your? Uh, I know the answer, but just so our listeners can can hear, talk a little bit about your uh, athletic career pre CrossFit. Yeah, so I raced quad bikes, so ATV racing. I think you call it in America. So yeah, quad bikes from I was six years old until I was twenty four. In the transition, I still kind of raced the quad on and off, nearly probably till about 2017, 2018, and then obviously fully hung up my boots in 2018. So I did, so yeah, uh, literally I've had a quad bike from when I was two years old, but legally you can't race until you're six. So I had to race six. And yeah, so it's mental. A lot of people don't really see it as like a demanding sport, but I think I shared like my heart rate status after doing like three 20-minute races and I averaged like 175, 176 heart rate and like max heart rate of 189 over 20 minutes. And you do three of those in the day. So like the only way I could describe it is doing three 20 minute watt tests, going one every 90 minutes. That's kind of how it feels. <laughs> well, that sounds terrible. First and foremost, that sounds absolutely awful. What are some, I mean, that's obviously a physically demanding sport. I, I well, I was watching some videos in preparation for this interview of quad bike racing, and it it's extremely high impact, right? You're you're like you have to be in. You can't zone out mentally at any no. part of it because you could get 
really injured. What other kind of physical preparation besides racing did you do to get into top form in quad bike racing? Obviously, like back then I was a kid, so I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but I knew obviously I had to get fit, had to get healthy. So I actually just started, I started like my personal training course to get better and to learn how to get better at quad racing. So like I was just kind of like starting out. So it was like kind of like circuit training. So it's kind of like bodyweight CrossFit you were doing with CrossFit. So like we did like all the squats, lunges, burpees, box jumps, step ups, pull ups, kind of like ring rows, like kind of like just traditional bodyweight work. We like kind of towards like the last two years, we started doing like a little bit of strength training. And um, so we just started doing like back squats, clean and jerks, like not very good clean and jerks, like muscle clean and strict presses. And like I was working towards getting like strict pull-ups. So I didn't even have strict pull-ups then. I remember like my husband and I used to like cut my feet and like help me out kind of thing. So he was doing pull-ups, I was doing like assisted pull-ups. But yeah, so we kind of did like quite a lot of that. Um, so obviously I kind of came into CrossFit, you know, and I started maybe cleaning jerking like 70 kilos straight away because I kind of developed that strict muscle clean strength previous to starting CrossFit. I couldn't snatch because I could not get my arms over my head in that position. Um, just like really bad shoulders from being on a quad bike, <laughs> like internally rotated shoulders for obviously the guts of nearly 22 years. And then ankles, terrible ankles, terrible hips. So my squat was horrendous. And that took a long time um, because like my motocross boots, obviously being like a short female, like your motocross boots came up to just below your, your knee. So like you were, you were restricted in like a fixed boot. So like my calves and Achilles and stuff were always really tight. So I just had to work for quite a long time to get my mobility to be able to do the sport. Are you describing your mobility restrictions or mine? Because it sounds like uh, <laughs> I'm sensing a lot of commonality here, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, your progression, you're discovering it in 2014. You did well in the open that year. Or, well, you did well the last workout of the open. That was the deadlift box jump workout. I actually remember that workout. That was the workout I did best in that year. So, again, low skill, just like go full send, the stupid stuff. We have that in common. What were some of the things you really did uh, did you start working with a particular coach did you do anything else in dialing in between that season and 2015 where you made that like huge improvement uh, yeah so i was still doing like the class programming in the gym for the like obviously whole 2014 and the whole of 2015 but obviously like the coach realized like here this girl could be pretty good so obviously he helped me quite a lot at the start like loads obviously like he helped me with the extra mobility stuff, I got a good physio, obviously, to help me as well, um, just to try and, like, limit the injuries because you're trying to get mobility fairly quick. So it's sometimes it's on the limit of right or wrong. So I had a physio that was helping me. My coach was helping me at the time. And, like, I was probably doing maybe, like, an extra hour a day on top of the classes of just, like, extras. And it wasn't really until 2016, like, I went semi all in I was still working a full-time job but um like I had a full-time coach then helping me and then just yeah just kept progressing we'll get back to that in just a second but first a quick shout out to our sponsor Coulter Dillon 
If you're struggling to find a t-shirt that fits perfectly every single time, you've got to check out Culture Dylan. They make custom cut and sewn t-shirts to your specifications with tons of color options and you can even personalize the artwork. Custom t-shirts for a fraction of the price you might expect. Check out Culture Dylan today. Are there any big injuries that you have dealt with over the course of your athletic career, be it via quad bike racing or in CrossFit? So just in 2014, I actually did my SEL previous to just starting CrossFit. So I kind of had that near enough rehabbed uh, before I started again. And then I did my uh, shoulder in 2016 training for regionals. I actually did it the week before the first open workout in 2016 and kind of trained on the whole way through, did regionals. And then I had my operation the Thursday after regionals in 2016. So I did like rotator cuff, human head, bicep tendon, like the whole shebang. (laughs) (laughs) Just get it all fixed. Just do it while you're in there. Just like clean it all up for me. So I got a nice new shoulder in 2016. And yeah, fingers crossed from then, like we've been uh, on top of, on top of everything then like rehab's been taken a lot more serious rest days recovery etc has all been a lot more dialed in from that because that was a pretty hard 12 months kind of coming back from that are there any games events in your previous visits to the crossfit games that stick out to you that you really enjoyed and on the other side of that any that you really absolutely despised I love the the pegboard event last year. That was really, really fun. Uh, the was dumbbell overhead squat, heavy double unders and the pegboard. Uh, that was that was just cool. Cool event to do in the Coliseum. The one I probably didn't like was the wall walk thruster. I was like, that was just because <laughs> it's just the same it's just the same thing. Wall balls and thrusters are the same thing. So you're just doing the same thing for however long. So uh, yeah, that was that was just that was just crap. Like so I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy doing that one again, but yeah, but other than that, they're all awesome. Is there anything that you hope to see at the games this year besides the pegboard? It sounds like the pegboard, you and the pegboard are good. I know a lot of athletes are not fans. So are there any particular combinations of movements or types of movements where you're like, hey, I'm feeling really strong. This is going to help me get a lot of points and really set myself up for a top 10. Not really. Like, obviously, I like the pig. Um, I like the odd objects. Like, probably the more odd objects, the better. I don't know. I just I enjoy that kind of thing. But no, overall, like I'm just really excited just to get back, see where I'm at and yeah, just take it from there. I hear that from a lot more European athletes than I hear from American athletes that they like the odd objects and yeah. some more of the things that like you can't necessarily replicate in the gym. I think a lot of American athletes, we get very like hyper-focused and if anything is unexpected, we kind of panic. Yeah. So <laughs> in Europe. Well, I know where where I am anyway. I don't get to train outside a lot. So to, to be able to do like 50 or 60% of the events outside on the field or in the lake or um, wherever it may be, like that's just really cool for me. It's just something you don't get to do. So that kind of excites me. So it doesn't feel like you're doing a workout where whenever you're in the Coliseum, even though like some of the events were awesome with like the pegboard and stuff, it just feels more like regional-esque. So it doesn't like doesn't feel as exciting i don't think inside as it does outside for me anyway what do you i mean what are your favorite parts of the games aside from competing like do you are you someone who takes time uh, and can fit time in to interact with fans or are you kind of like after the competition you're back to the hotel you're shutting down you're recovering um i know some athletes get a they get a lot of energy from the fans and like sticking around and some athletes are like nope i have to compartmentalize and just focus here for me, not being used to the heat, I try to stay out of the heat for like as long as I can. 
for the event. Um, I got like really, really dehydrated uh, my very first year competing in Dubai. And I actually couldn't finish the final workout because my legs cramped so bad I physically couldn't move. So I swore I would never, that'll never happen again. So after each event, I could try to get back into the aircon and chill out so it's a wee bit it's it's not that I don't want to interact with the fans and like I would love to be able to go and experience just experience like the outside and all the fans and everyone but for me like at the moment it's raining with us so like being in that anything above 20 degrees heat for me is it's really hot that makes a lot of sense. And if that's something you can't get exposure to training, like you have to minimize how long you're in that. Also, I mean, the sun is a big, I think a big disadvantage. A lot of people don't realize if the sun is just blaring down on you, even if it's not super hot, that can just zap the energy straight from you. It's, it's, it is really hard for us. Like I'll be out in America like two weeks before the games. And obviously like I will make sure I'm getting as much exposure in training to the heat, but for the actual event, like even at Waterpalooza, even though it wasn't hot at Waterpalooza, it was still like a lot hotter than I'm used to. So a same thing, as soon as the event was over, I was straight back to the, the aircon and just chilling out or getting into the ice baths or just staying in the shade. It's just, it's really hard whenever like the climate you live in, like the hottest we ever get is probably 20 degrees, which would be still winter with you guys. So yeah. For American listeners, this is all Celsius, not Fahrenheit. It gets yeah. it gets hotter than 20 degrees Fahrenheit where Emma is, but not yeah. much hotter than 20 degrees Celsius. So we'll have to Celsius. do the conversions in the show notes. <laughs> well, Emma, where's the best place for people to follow along with you, your training and leading up to the games this year? Uh, yes, yeah, so they can follow me on Instagram, Quaid175. Why 175? So that's my racing number. Okay, got it, got it. I was like, there's got to be a specific reason for that. Clearly, one through one seventy four weren't taken. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my like my I was one seven five. My brother was seventy five. So it was just just kept in the family the the one seven five now. That's fantastic. Well, best of luck heading into the games. I hope training is fun, but like not too fun, as you might say, uh, leading up to that. And I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. No problem. Thank you. 